You know, here, here's the cool thing about it. The Lord went through tremendous pain so we could be happy. Free from sin, free from bondage, free from disease, free from hell. And we need to go ahead and be as joyful as we possibly can in honor to what he's done for us. How many think it's a good idea to choose joy in these days that we're living in? So do this with me. Turn with me. The first scripture we're going to go to is 2 Corinthians chapter 1. You know, if it wasn't for Jesus, there would absolutely be no reason to be happy. I mean, if there was no resurrection of Jesus, if there was no uh, way to heaven, we would be of all men most miserable. But thank God there is a way to heaven. In his name is Jesus. So in 2 Corinthians, please, chapter 1, and I want you to notice verse 22. Oh, I'm sorry. 2 Corinthians 1.12. But Paul said, for our rejoicing is this. Everybody say, our rejoicing. The testimony of our conscience that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have our conversation. What? All right, why am I? This is not the right scripture. Second Corinthians, yes. Second Corinthians. Is that what it was? No, that's not it. Okay, we're going to find this scripture, guys. You're going to help me. Find the one where Paul says, We are helpers with your joy. Second Corinthians 1. Hmm. Thank you. 2 Corinthians 1, 24. All right. Thank you, Michael. So it says, not, that, not for that we have dominion over your faith, but Paul said, we are helpers of your joy, for by faith you stand. How many of you need a little help with your joy? We, we all at times need a little help with our joy level. Because joy is not just something you want to have when things are going well. You need to be on a little higher level than that. Joy is more powerful than just responding to good things that are happening. Joy is an actual producer of good things happening in your life. It's so connected with faith and all things are possible to him that believes. Joy, it's it's very easy to tell if you're in faith. You got some joy. If you really believe you're not going to hell, no matter what your circumstances are like, you're going to have some joy. If you really believe that Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you, no matter what circumstances are presently like, you'll have some joy if you believe. Everybody say believe. Believe. And joy. joy. Go Go together. This is how you can tell. See, a lot of people say, well, I believe. I just don't know why all these bad things are happening. Don't, don't, Don't be dishonest. If you believe... You're not sad. Even if circumstances are trying to get you sad, if you truly believe, you have some joy. Because one thing, you know the circumstances that are adverse in your life are temporary. And you're believing they're going to change soon. Now, I want you to look at Proverbs 17. So you want some help with your joy today? Anybody want a little help with your joy? I could just by looking at some of you, you need a lot of help. But we're, we're going to help you. 
and it's going to be good by the time you leave here, you might be staggering like a drunk person because you're so happy. And that would be totally scriptural. Now notice here in Proverbs 17:22, and I'm going to have them put up on the screen different translations to this verse. And I want you to see this from a few translations. So if you want to look up on the screen, the New International Version, the Bible says, a cheerful heart is good medicine. Did you realize that you can do certain things to release real medicine into your life, into your circumstances? A cheerful heart is good medicine. Now, before you read anything else, I want to ask you a question. When do you take medicine? Usually when you're not feeling well. Now, there is preventative medicine, which I really like. But when do you usually take medicine? When you're not feeling so hot. Well, if being, having a cheerful heart is good medicine, when should you be cheerful? When you don't feel like it. When you're not feeling well. Why? Because you want to feel well. This, now, now, almost everybody in the world says that when things go well, I'll be cheerful. God says be cheerful and things will go well. Amen. i got to say that again. The world says, when things go well, be cheerful. God says, be cheerful, and things will go well. Oh, come on, guys. Did you see here? Joy is more than just an emotion that happens when everything lines up around you. Joy is a supernatural fruit of the Spirit, and you act in joy on purpose, just like you act in love, a fruit of the Spirit, on purpose. You do it because it's right. You do it because you want the medicine. You do it because you believe God's Word is true, and this problem cannot last. Hmm? Joy makes. This scripture right here says joy makes good things happen. We got to get out of the habit of being joyful only when things go well. You got to start being joyful on purpose. Come on, to rejoice is a choice, whether you feel like it or not. As a matter of fact, the more you don't feel well, the more you should be taking your medicine. Right? Now, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give a little testimony here. When Rachel was a little tiny toddler, she did not like the, the liquid Tylenol. And she'd got a fever one time. We always pray and believe God first, but if things aren't changing immediately, we don't have any problem dealing with symptoms. We just keep our faith on the root of the problem while we're dealing with some symptoms and believing God's going to work through that stuff. And so she wasn't getting really, really well this one time. She was still had a fever, and we're trying to get her to drink the Tylenol. And she would spit it out. She would throw up. She would gag. I mean, she would not take the liquid Tylenol. She did not want to take her medicine. It, liquid Tylenol is really not that bad tasting the stuff. But for some reason, she had it in her head. I can't take And it would just spit out everywhere. We had to threaten her one time. Say, Rachel, she was like four years old, five years old. Rachel, we are going to take you to the doctor. They're going to put a big needle in you. And they're going to give you what you need. And she still the, would go in her mouth and spit it all out. It's the hardest thing to get her to take the Tylenol. You know, there's some children of God today. It's the hardest thing in the world to get them to take their medicine. Come on. Well, I just don't know what being joyful is going to do for my situation. I just don't. I'm not going to laugh like power. I'm not going to laugh. I'm not going to rejoice. I'm feeling. 
Take your medicine, child of God. Quit spitting it out. This is for you today. God wants you healed. God wants you delivered. And this is one of the things he's telling you today. Rejoice that by his stripes ye were healed. Rejoice that God heard your prayer. Rejoice that the words you're speaking over your body are working, if they're good words, that is. God's word. People say, I'm not going to laugh and shout and rejoice and sing and dance. I'm mature. No, you're not. You're actually a very, child, very childish and just simply not doing what your father's telling you to do. There's times if you want to get well, you're going to have to get joyful in faith that God's word's true concerning healing. You're going to have to do it. To rejoice is a choice. To believe what God said. Look at the next one. It says in the Good News Translation, being cheerful keeps you healthy. <laughs> Let's just try it right now. Let's just be cheerful right now. <laughs> At least smile, right? Some, some people, it's still really hard for them to take their medicine. And I'm showing them scriptures. <laughs> be, 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 the Bibles didn't say, feel glad. The Bible said, be glad. And if you will be glad, you will start to feel glad. Quit being body ruled. Come on. You know, one of the ways you can tell you're really, really a young child spiritually is you say frequently, I just feel, I feel this. Oh, and I just feel that. And I feel this. And I feel that. And I just feel this. You're acting like a spiritual teenager. Come on. I just feel. I just feel like they don't like me. I just feel like they're just avoiding me. I just feel this. Here's my word. You ready? Grow up. Life is about way more than feelings. Life is primarily about what do you believe? And how do you love? These are choices. So the today's passion translation says a joyful, cheerful heart brings healing both both body and soul. To both body and soul. But the one whose heart is crushed struggles with sickness and depression. Did you know, and we're going to go to this scripture in just a minute, in Nehemiah 8.10, in the Amplified Bible Classic, it says, God said, quote, don't be depressed. Now, I know there's some people who are going to argue with the Lord on that one. I'm glad I didn't write that. I'm not going to not be depressed like pastor said. Pastor's just repeating what somebody else said. The Lord. Did you ever hear of him? creator of the heavens and the earth he's the one that said oh king james says neither be ye sorry for the joy of the lord is your strength amplified says don't be depressed say that everybody say this i, I cannot, cannot be, depressed. be depressed if the lord tells you not to do something or he tells you not to be something before he even told you he knows you can do it He would be unjust to tell you to do something or stop doing something if you couldn't. And the Lord's not unjust. Say this, I I refuse to be depressed. depressed. 
No, Pastor, you don't understand. It runs in my family. Well, if you're born again, child of God, you're in a new family now. And God's your father and Jesus is your elder brother and depression doesn't run in his family. Amen. So just put your foot down and say no to that natural stuff. Right. I, you, I know what I'm talking. I have been there. I have been bound by depression. I know what it's like. To not even feeling like being in heaven would be what, what you would need. I know what it's like to have the devil and, and fear and all this. Stuff. I know what it's like. And I know what it's like to walk out of that stuff too. Amen. What do you mean walk out of? Well, a lot of my problem was lifestyle. So I had to adjust certain things in my lifestyle and walk out of certain things if I wanted to be permanently free. You can get free through a prayer and go right back into bondage one week from now because you didn't change your lifestyle that led to the problem. Come on, getting free is wonderful, but staying free is better. And a lot of times, staying free has to do with lifestyle. The Lord told me, he said, son, if you want to live free from anxiety, and you want to live free from fear, and you want to live free from bondage, you're going to have to tweak your lifestyle, not just have somebody else pray for you. I like permanent help. It comes from personal effort. And you can't always help people by making it easy on them. You know what I mean by that? Yes. Oh, would you just pray for me again, Pastor, and counsel me for another two hours again? Okay, we've prayed ten times. We've counseled ten times. This time, I'm not going to pray for you. I'm not going to counsel you. Do what you were told to do. That's right. Be joyful. Don't worry. Talk right. Amen. Think right. <laughs> I like simplicity because the gospel is simple. You know, people would be free if they just think right and walk in love. You don't need 29 counseling sessions unless you're not going to go that route. Then you might want the 29 counseling sessions. But really, it all comes right down to it. If you want to get free from a bad habit, just start thinking right. Because, you know, you don't just want to overcome the habit. You want to overcome what led up to the habit, which is primarily wrong thinking. Thinking on wrong things. Nobody ever robbed a gas station without thinking about it. So if you nip it in the thinking, it won't happen in the natural. So go, let's look here at a couple more. I, I like the Young's literal translation. This is a totally literal translation of Proverbs 17.22. Right from the Hebrew. A rejoicing heart does good to the body. See, these invisible things are more important and more powerful than we've realized. Joy is a spiritual force. It's really invisible. It shows up in the visible, but it starts in the invisible. Joy is an attitude, and it's called a fruit of the Spirit, something we should be growing in. Some people say, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I used to be wild and crazy like those new believers, you know, those little baby Christians. I, I used to dance and shout and sing and praise God in church and run when the meeting got a little wild, but I grew up and I'm not like that anymore. On the contrary, you didn't grow up. We're supposed to be growing in the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of joy is supposed to be getting bigger and bigger and bigger in our lives. This is one way you can tell you're growing up spiritually. A lot of people that say, I'm spiritual. I don't lift my hands and dance and shout and sing anymore. I used to do that when I was a little tiny baby Christian, but I don't do that anymore. I matured. No, you got starchy. 
Start or maturity? Hmm. You might have to be honest with yourself and repent. Go to the next slide. There's some more versions here of this Proverbs 17.22. Do you have that second slide? Oh, oh no, that's, you can take that off. So I guess that's all I had for that one. Okay, go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 1. Oh, this is so good. You're going to like this. 1 Samuel chapter 1. And look at verse 17 through 20. 1 Samuel chapter 1, 17 through 20. Eli, which was the priest, answered and said to Hannah, who was trying to have a baby, but she couldn't get pregnant. Year after year, this went on. Hannah just prayed a prayer. Eli heard that prayer. She, he said to Hannah, Go in peace, Hannah, and the God of Israel grant you your petition that you have asked of him. Now, before you go to the next verse, church, listen here. Hannah was trying to get pregnant for years. She had a bunch of adversaries that were making fun of her because she was barren. She was trying for years to get pregnant. She would cry out to the Lord. She would pray. And one day she's in church again, praying, and the priest, or we could say the pastor or the leader, heard her praying, and he said, Woman, go in peace. The God of Israel will grant you your petition that you've asked of him. Look at the next verse. And she said, Let your handmaiden find grace in your sight. So the woman went her way and did eat. And her countenance was no more sad. Before you go any farther, what was her countenance like before she was no more sad? She was sad. She was sad month after month, year after year, praying and praying. Do you realize your prayers will do very little good if you don't get happy after you're done praying? If you don't get some peace by choice. All right, all right. So finally she says, all right, man of God. All right, Pastor Eli. All right, all right. You know what? You told me God heard my prayer. I'm done, this. I'm done with this sad stuff. I'm going to believe God heard my prayer, and I'm going to believe I'm going to be able to have a child. And she decided to eat, right? I'm going to eat like a happy person does. And I'm going to be peaceful. And the Bible said her countenance was no more sad. She chose to not be sad anymore. Now remember, she's barren year after year. Do you think her changing her countenance is a, very, is a big deal? Yeah. Does it have anything to do with how things are going on in your life? She changed her countenance. Next verse. And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house in Ramah. And Elikna knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass, when the time was come, about after Hannah had conceived, that she bare a son, called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. So here's what I like to say. When her countenance was no longer sad, she was no longer barren. I guess you could say it like this. When she chose to believe that God heard her prayer... She got a miracle. See, more prayers can't take the place of believing God heard the first one. 
Oh, I got to say that again. More praying about a certain situation in your life. More praying. More praying. Oh, will you pray for me? Will you pray for me? Get the whole church to pray for me. That praying cannot take the place of you deciding God heard me. I'm going to eat. I'm going to go to church and I'm not going to be sad anymore. That is something you and I have to do if we want any of our prayers to work. Did you notice in James chapter 5 concerning people that are sick, it did not say prayer heals the sick. It said the prayer of faith saves the sick and the Lord will raise him up. You can pray until your jaws ache. That doesn't mean God can do anything for you. God works through us believing what he said. And you can tell Hannah got in faith because her countenance was no longer sad and she was no longer barren. And you know what? Her getting from sadness to gladness by choice not only caused a miracle for her and her husband, Samuel was one of the greatest prophets Israel ever saw. And he would never have even been born if she hadn't got a hold of this thing called her attitude. And got out of sadness and got into... You don't know how many people are going to be set free and delivered because of you going from sadness to gladness by faith. You don't know how many people you're going to, are going to be in victory because of you making that decision. Lives are going to be saved. Countries could be saved. Masses can be saved because you chose to... You know what? I'm done being sad. Praying sad prayers doesn't work. She realized that. But man, I'll tell you what, one prayer prayed in faith with some joy does better than a million prayers prayed in sadness. This is what the Lord's trying to say to us here. Go from sadness to gladness. Just believe that God answered your prayer. Just believe that things are getting better. Just believe that those scriptures are going to manifest in your life. Believe it. All right. Now in Genesis, don't turn there, but in Genesis chapter 21, in verse 6, Sarah, (laughs) you know, Abraham and Sarah, Sarah said, God made me laugh. (laughs) She said, God, God made me laugh. And so she said, I'm going to call our son, our miracle son. You know, I'm 90. My husband's 100 years old. It's impossible. But God made me laugh. And she said, I'm going to call Isaac laughter. I'm going to call him laughter. Isaac means laughter. It's so interesting that God made her laugh. And not too long after that, they got a miracle. If we could just get some people to laugh. See, they're saying, no, as soon as my miracle happens, I'll rejoice, Pastor. Any ungodly, heathen, worldly person can do that. You're a believer. I said, you're a believer. We should get happy about the promise before we see any change. That will help the promise to happen. Man, are we having a good time today. Look at Joel chapter 1 and verse 12. Joel 1, 12. Can you come back next week? Well, of course you can. And we're going we're gonna, to, Easter Sunday, we're taking a little, a little uh, pause on this series next week because we got something to say about resurrection changes everything next week. But in Joel 1.12, let's look at this scripture. Notice it said, the vine is dried up. Is that good or bad? <laughs> if you're a businessman and your business is vineyards and orchards and 
agriculture, the vine drying up ain't good. All right. And the fig tree languisheth. I mean, think that's good. No, it's not good that the fig tree languisheth. The pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, and the apple tree. Even all the trees of the field are withered. How many think that's a good, a good thing? It's a terrible thing. How did it happen? By something invisible that was going on in the hearts of the people who are in charge of those crops. Can you look up here? Why, 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 why did their businesses wither? Because something else dried up in the invisible world. Come on, does what's going on on the inside of you have anything to do with what's going on outside of you? Does what's going on on the inside of you have anything to do with what's going on on the outside of you? Why did their businesses wither? Come on, somebody tell me. That's only a few of you. Let's say it together. Because joy is withered away from the sons of men. If a lack of joy produces bad things, I wonder what an abundance of joy would do. Come on, can you see this? Joy is a producer. It makes good things happen. It's a powerful force. It's way more than an emotion. Look at Joel chapter 2. Go to the next verse. Joel 2. In verse 23. Be glad. Everybody say, be glad. Be glad. Turn to your neighbor and say, be glad. Now that's a big step above feel glad. B is way stronger than feel. I said B is way stronger than feel. B is you. It's your character. It's your decision. Feel is the result of what you be. Feel is a result of what you choose to be. What did God say? Be glad, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. Now notice, for he has given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. He's telling them to be glad about something the Lord hadn't even done yet. Why? So he can done it. He's telling them to rejoice and be glad about something that God said he was going to do, but he hasn't done yet. Why? So he can do it. He wants to be able to do things for us. Joy opens the door. It gives God a legal right to do great things for you. Look at the next verse. And the floor shall be full of wheat, going to be. And the fat shall overflow with wine and oil, going to be. Next verse. And I'll restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palm worm and the great army which I sent among you. Next verse. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God for he hath dealt wondrously with you. My people shall never be ashamed. He's talking about being glad about something because you saw it in the word. That gives God a right to help you to see it in your life. How many want to see it in the Word? How many want to see it in your life? 
<laughs> the reason we want to see it in the Word so we can see it in our life. God's not going to tell us all these amazing things and go, but you can have it. He's telling us all these amazing things so we'll get in joy about Him so He can do these things for us. So important. One more scripture before we close this morning. Habakkuk chapter 3rd. Habakkuk chapter 3rd. I'm just going to have to close. There's so much in this. Oh, this is such a powerful truth. Before we read this scripture, let me just say this to you. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 4 says there's a time to weep and a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn and there's a time to dance. Right. To every purpose there is a season, right? There's a now, now think about this. There's a time to weep and a time to laugh. What time is it when it's time to laugh? Now, I'm not, I don't want to do a whole big explanation on this, but let me just say this. The only thing that I can see right now, and I don't know everything, but my studies, the only thing I can see, the only time right now where it would be proper to weep and mourn to the New Testament Christian is if you're living in sin and being dishonest. The Bible says that if you're living in sin, you know what I mean? Not repenting. If you're living in sin, the Bible says cleanse your hands, purify your hearts, you double-minded, be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. But weeping may endure for a night in repenting, but joy is supposed to come in the morning. Come on, God, it doesn't take long to repent. It doesn't take long to be honest. It doesn't take long. You can do that in a moment. David said, King David said in Psalm 32, he said that, he said, I was going around and my bones were hurting and my moisture was turned to drought. I felt like I was in the driest time of my life because I was covering and hiding some sins I should have been honest about. But then he said, I confessed my sins. And my trans- I confessed my sins to the Lord. I didn't hide my iniquity. I uncovered. I'm not going to play games anymore. I'm going to be honest. And he said, are you kidding me? The power of God came on the scene. I got lifted up out of that junk. I got, became happy again. I mean, I got delivered from many waters. All these great things because I finally became honest and said, you know what? I'm not going to play games anymore. And he got free. And he got happy. And it didn't take him long. So just remember this. There is a time to mourn and there is a time to weep. And what he's talking about is if you're living in sin. Not if you're tripping and falling and saying, God, forgive me and meaning it. I'm talking about somebody who's said, you know what? I know that what I'm doing is sin, but I don't care. I'm not going to call it sin. I'm going to keep living in this. You should be on the floor crying. And getting in line with God again. And then get up and be happy and go on and enjoy your life. But the Bible talks about a time to laugh. (laughs) And every time in the scriptures where I can see where the Lord tells us to rejoice or to be glad or to laugh, it's going to be when you don't feel like it. I found 10 
reasons to laugh. We should go into this in detail sometime. I'm not going to do it now. But let me just read you this quick little list here of a time to laugh. Anybody interested when God says it's a time to laugh? And there's scriptures for each one of these. So number one, when you fall into tests and trials, count it all joy, brethren, when you fall. It's interesting. A lot of people are singing and rejoicing in their sin when they should be mourning and weeping and getting forgiven. And then we got a bunch of believers sad and down when they fall into a test and trial when they're supposed to be counting it all joy. They're practicing the word, but they're practicing it in reverse. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse tests and trials. The Bible says, when you're sick, a merry heart makes a healthy body. We just read that. That's when you don't feel like it. We're supposed to be cheerful when we're not feeling well. If you want to feel well with God's help. The Bible says when your businesses aren't doing well, you should rejoice. Job said, at destruction you shall laugh. And at famine you shall laugh. (laughs) Two times you're not going to feel like it. The Bible says when you're serving the Lord, you should serve Him with gladness. I guess i got to go to church again and work on the helps team. You're doing it wrong. I said, you're doing it wrong. God doesn't reward for what you do. He rewards for heart and attitude. The Bible says when it's offering time, God loves a cheerful giver. When should we be happy? When should we be laughing? When should we be full of joy? At these times. Jesus said, when you're persecuted for righteousness' sake, leap and rejoice and say, praise God, for so persecuted they the prophets. Isaiah 54 says, when you're barren, you're not producing anything and things aren't happening, sing, rejoice, and be glad because the Lord's going to take care of things. And then it sums it all up. In Philippians it says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Always means when you feel like it and when you don't. (laughs) Right? Rejoice in the Lord always. And Paul wrote that from a prison cell. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Oh, that's good news. So finally, brethren, Habakkuk 3. Go ahead and put that scripture up there. I think it's out of the message translation in verse 17 through 19. God, counting on God's rule... Ah, uh, does that go be, that kind of like breaking it. Yeah, there we go. Though the cherry trees don't blossom, <clears throat> and the strawberries don't ripen, <clears throat> though the apples are worm-eaten, <clears throat> I mean, at times, look, church, look at me for a second. There are times when things are going to happen where the devil's going to try to get you to speak a bunch of junk. There's times you're going to have to go like this. You're going to have to do that. The apples are worm-eaten. The wheat fields stunted. Though the sheep pens are sheepless and the cattle barns empty. I'm singing joyful praise to God. I'm turning cartwheels of joy to my Savior. God, counting on God's rule or his word to prevail over these things. I take heart and gain strength. I run like a deer. I feel like I'm king of the mountain. <laughs> no, no, did you notice? I feel comes way after. 
some other things. How many want the I feel like I'm king of the mountain? Anybody want the I feel? Then you're going to have to rejoice by choice before you feel anything except, oh, woe is me. Let's stand up and rejoice just for a minute. There's one more thing I want to do before I let you go. But let's stand up and rejoice for a minute by choice. I want you all right now. I just want you to. Now, Michael, if you would put those scriptures up there on the screen, I call them my get happy scriptures. Okay. Anybody see the first one up there? How many think we should be happy about God has not dealt with us after our sins, nor has he rewarded us according to our iniquities? Come on, we, are, we have not got the punishment we deserve. Hey, if you want to take a picture of that with your phone, you can. Come on, this, should you, we should be happy about this. Do we deserve punishment? Uh-huh. Do we deserve bad things? Oh, yeah. Do we get them? No, because we believe in Jesus. Come on, guys. He's not rewarding us according to our mess-ups. If you believe that, you're going to go, whoo, <laughs> Now, come on. God said, I'll be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities. I'm not going to remember anymore. Oh, come on, man. That's good news. Look at the next one. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is our part. Our part is simply honesty. Our part is simply being honest. Come on, guys. Confessing your sins doesn't get you in trouble. It gets you out of trouble. Do you hear me? Look at this. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. No matter what's going on in your life, you should be happy about that. If you believe it, you're happy. Amen. If you're not happy about it, you don't believe it. Make the tweak. Make the adjustment. Get happy. Jesus himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Say this. I'm going to make it. I'm going to live and not die. And declare the works of the Lord. Christ has set us free from the curse of the law. And if you read Deuteronomy 28, verse 61, that's every sickness and disease known and not known to man because he was made a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Look at the next portion. Behold, Jesus said, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Come on, man. The devil and all his cohorts are not enough. To bring us down. We got power. Mark eleven twenty four. Jesus said, whatever you desire when you pray, whatever you desire when you pray, just believe you receive them and you shall have them. God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always have all sufficiency and all things may abound to every good work. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Come on, you can say, Pastor, I just feel so alone. I just feel so alone. Your feelings are wrong. This is right. Get happy by choice. I just don't feel like anybody loves me. Well, your feelings are messed up right now. 
Because the truth is he loves you and he'll never leave you or forsake you. And come on, this just sums everything up. Jesus said all things are possible. Healing of cancer is possible. I said healing of cancer is possible. (laughs) Now notice, notice. Notice this. (laughs) Glory to God. Oh, glory. (laughs) Come on. Healing of cancer is possible to him that believes or Jesus lied. Uh, I'm going to go with he didn't lie. It didn't say healing of cancer is possible to those that are perfect. Mm-mm. No, all these are because of mercy and grace. Come on, healing of HIV is possible. Right? Restoration of an organ that was cut out is possible. Miracles are possible to them that believe. And what's a sign you believe? You're a little happy about it. 